gamingdiary.com. I'm Shella. And I'm Drew. And together we're arguing about the things that really matter in games and films and stuff. And Indeed, this week it's we stuff. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. everything. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's both games and films. We uh, we didn't have enough content to do a full episode on one thing. So yeah. we're going to uh, be talking about um, It, Stephen King's It, uh, the film, which we went to see, uh, I think it was last Saturday, was it? Yeah. And uh, then uh, we've got a couple of games we want to discuss as well. Yep. So. And a podcast. Oh, and a podcast. Yeah, you did say. Yeah. Okay, so uh, kick off with the new incarnation of it. Yeah. So. Um, which was yeah, because everybody. Well, I don't know about everybody now because uh, time has passed. But mm. people of a certain age remember the TV adaptation of it yeah. and remember it fr- fondly, mm-hmm. or remember how scared they were by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never saw it, but people love that uh, that version of it. Yeah. I mean, it it was it, it was a bit early for me to uh, it was it came out a bit early in my life for me to have seen it at the mm. time. I've seen it since. It's it's mm-hmm. never been sort of a cultural kind of touchstone for me. No, but, uh, no. Yeah. Um. So you've read the book. Uh, no, I, a... no, I oh, haven't. haven't. As it this turns is the out. one Stephen King that you have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I I came out of that that thing and we were talking about it and I said, oh yeah, I've read like the first half of the book I think mm-hmm. ages ago and I don't really remember any of it so I came mm-hmm. home and I bought the book on on an e-reader and I started reading it and I thought oh actually I've never read this <laughs> oh clear, okay that's cl- clearly I was confusing it with some other yeah. Stephen King book yeah oh okay yeah because you've but you've read quite a bit of Stephen King I I've have, read what yeah. one of his horror ones I read Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. and then I've read some weird fancy one I found in a holiday cottage once. Oh, right. um so that is apart from adaptations of his stuff um I'm not that familiar with his work and haven't read it no. um but what did you think of the film um yeah well I kind of liked it I yeah I, well I did like it um I thought it was. There were definitely some problems with it, which we, I'm, I'm sure we're going to go through. But like, mm-hmm. I had fun while I was, uh, you know, sitting there, and the the scary bits. Some of them worked really well. Some of them worked a bit less well. But it was mm-hmm. it was kind of consistent in tone, and it felt like it, in a way that Stranger Things didn't. This felt mm-hmm. like a lost Steven Spielberg movie from the 80s. You know, yeah. it was very yeah, much. Yeah. It it did it did that it homaged that much better than I thought Stranger Things did. Yeah, yeah, it was it was um yeah really great kids on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> film. Yeah, I was like thinking oh like oh maybe we should do a best of kids on bikes <laughs> yeah. films because yeah this really is one of those it's mm. up there with Stand by Me and you know it's yeah definitely got that feel to yeah. it. And you know the sort of ETs of this world, and, and the goonies. even the goonies, yeah, yeah, even elements of that kind of thing. So yeah, and um, uh, even had one of the stars from Stranger Things. It did, yeah, <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone A was like, "How are these? Gonna, yeah, how are these guys going to match up against the cast of Stranger Things?" It turns out one of them is just the lead guy from Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but he was playing more of the Corey Feldman yeah. kind of loudmouth, uh, sort of smart ass type, which was nice. Yeah, Richard so I guess that you. was 
yeah, nice for him probably yeah. as well. Yeah, to, uh, and um, he did that really well. I thought he 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 did he did that role very well. Like one of the things throughout that film, I thought the way it was written and the way it was edited, he was kind of always like a little bit too quick with the line. He always had one; it was always straight out, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's kind of that, that's no reflection on him. That's just the script and the editing. Mm. And he he did a really great job with what he was given. Yeah, he did. Um, mm. Yeah, the like all the kids, I I liked all of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the token black kid. He didn't get much to do actually. He didn't no. Uh, apart from sort of get beaten up and blunder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the last act. Um. So um. Who the other kids? There was the uh the girl. So um, yeah, Beverly Marsh. Yeah, the sort of object of their yeah their affections, or at least two of them. Yeah. The loudmouth kid was just not interested. <laughs> no, did, did not give funny. a shit. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then there was the the Jewish kid. You know, it yeah, basically Stan. is this this trophy, isn't it? Yeah. Stan, yeah. the Jewish kid. Uh, was he? He wasn't the one with with asthma. Oh yeah. Then there was no. the sort of little Italian kid, and he yeah. kind of. Um, he was the one who had an inhaler. Yes. Um, yeah, and they, they can all see this. It seems like kids can see supernatural things that the adult world can't see. Yeah, that that's see. kind of what's implied throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I, I was going to talk about that, but that that would sort of just spoil a major scene. Then, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a like horror coming of age yeah. um, film, and the adult world is well, it's really quite uh, horrible. Mm-hmm. Like all the parents are pretty horrible, and um, you know, like they're largely absent, but when they are there, they're either abusive or mm-hmm. controlling or angry for not much reason. Yeah. Um, and not very sympathetic at all. So um, yeah, they kind of escape. Yeah, and it's their friendships. Yeah, and th- that aspect of it, the sort of um, the adults being basically without without exception, basically they're all bad people. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think is kind of it. It kind of symbolizes what what's difficult about adapting Stephen King in general. Uh, so, like, it is a big book. It's, it's uh, I think, about 1,400 pages, something like that. Wow. It's, yeah, it's okay. very long. It's, it's two parts in set in the town. What Stephen King does when he does um, a big novel like that is he takes things slow and he explodes mm. the background. And something that doesn't come across very well in the film is that Derry is meant to be, an like, it's an evil town. It's a bad place. Because right. because of the creature that lives there, and okay. uh, that is in the novel that is explored very deeply. There will be sides okay. where, like even even in the first few um, chapters. So, so in the film, there's um, what's the hypochondriac kid's name? I've, 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 I'll just call him the hypochondriac kid. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother is presented as like she's this really sort of big fat woman who is very overbearing. And she, uh, basically, she suffers from Munchausen by proxy and sort of projects that on, onto him. He's not really that ill, but she insists that he is and makes him take all these pills and take all these placebos. Um, in the book, 
that is explored much more deeply. Like her character, like, like there's an aside in one of the chapters where it's, you know, three or four pages of just explaining, you know, what her deal is and how overbearing she is and how he, she's had an effect on his life. Mm. And as I read more of it, I've only read the first sort of tenth of it at the moment. But, yeah. you, you know, you can tell there's going to be more of that. You can tell there's going to be longer scenes with her and just how strange and weird she is. And in the film, that's cut down to, you know, I think she gets about two minutes of screen time. Um, yeah, there's a very quick bit of her, yeah. yeah, sort of going, where are you going kind of thing. Exactly. And then a bit at the end where he kind of says about the pills. Yeah. And that's about it, really, isn't it? And it's gonna—it's the same with Beverly's dad, and it's the same with you know all yeah. all the parental figures. They get a couple of minutes to just explain what's what their deal is, yeah. and then that's it. Because it's a big cast, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, the film would be, yeah, mm. it'd probably do better as a three-part TV series or something. Yeah. Or even an episode per kid or something i don't know yeah like a mini series would be really good like that, yeah. that would be the perfect adaptation for that and like mm-hmm. um they've done that with steam king stuff before there was a mini series of under the dome uh, mm-hmm. which which wasn't great but it avoided those problems that steam king films have in that it could just devote time to characters to the yeah the background yeah yeah, yeah. um so the clown, I thought he was really good. I can't remember what he's called. Pennywise. Mr. Pickles. Oh, that's Mr. it. Yeah. Pennywise, not Mr. Pickles. Not Mr. Pickles, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I thought he was really creepy. Yeah, he's um, really good. Really yeah. The, the worst bit, the bits when he's, when he's smiling in the drain and everything, mm-hmm. it's creepy. But the worst is when he... Uh, sort of that facade drop, yeah, and he's just like re- looks really intensely evil, mm. and you just don't know what he's gonna do, and yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I preferred him uh, to Tim Curry's version, not not to slander uh, Tim Curry's version, which is fine, but I think this is the this is a much scarier sort of take on that, and I think it worked okay. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he was really great, and the scene, and it's also you kind of feel the presence of him even when he's not there. Mm. I think it's almost more powerful when he's not there because you're just wondering when he's going to come back. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so. I I wonder if that's that's due to sort of good atmospheric design or whether it is because he does just show up all the time in that film. There's a lot of him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So does. again like one of again it's endemic of the problem that this film has in adapting a long book is that it has to show Pennywise encounters for all seven of the the main characters Mm. um and that need they need at least two scenes to do that they've got to set up what so not to spoil too much of it but the premise of it is that this this monster or clown or whatever it is can identify um children's deepest fears and it inspires those fears as part of what it does, as part of its predatory behavior. So mm. to do that, it has to have a setup scene, and it has mm. to have a payoff scene. So each kid has to have two scenes in the film dealing with Pennywise. And there's just not enough time to fit all that in. So what you get is, uh, in, in the sort of middle act of the film, there is a sequence of, of 
one after the other scenes where it's just kind of going through all the children and it's just you know doing this and it's one after the other and i think there's like four or five scenes of just exactly the same thing of pennywise turning up for one of the kids doing the scare then going away and then it's mm. the next scene and it's a different kid and it's painful so the the second act just kind of slows down and drags because it's just got to go through all of this and it's 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 i think that's kind of the biggest structural problem with the film yeah, I mean, for me, it kind of dragged. Mm. I was just like, oh my god, I was like, how long is this film? It mm. felt really long to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was kind of slow, and I was just like, yeah, it just felt kind of repetitive. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for those exact reasons. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I was noticing it as, like, as we were watching, and I thought, yeah, this is just repeating itself a bit. I didn't find myself bored by that. I was happy to just sort of keep watching and keep seeing that happen because, I mean, the the effects and the scares are like they're they're not all winners, but they're all really they're all competently done, and there are some really good ones in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I was I was happy just to to sit back for two hours and and just watch that happen, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, they are good ones. Um there are some good ones. Um <sighs> apart from the Beverly's one, oh, yeah, like yeah. her biggest fear is periods. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean is... like all I could think was like wow, Stephen King is really afraid of girls, women and periods yeah. because she basically has like a carry fear scene mm-hmm. yeah. where the bathroom ends up like dripping in blood mm-hmm. and um you know not to give too much away but you know her dad basically wants her to stay a little girl yeah so yeah surely that's his fear not hers <laughs> well i mean yeah it it is and i yeah, we, we sort of di- we sort of disagreed with this on the way uh, on the way back from the film when we were having a yeah thing. I, I think i think it works i don't think i yeah i don't think um I don't think it's the most perfect way of doing it, but like, so obviously she's afraid of her dad, but you, you, she couldn't really, they, Pennywise couldn't really take the form of her dad because her dad's just kind of sitting out there in the next room anyway. So yeah, you know, oh, that's, I know that. And um, yeah, like it's well, he could have just gone further than like, oh, girls bleed. They must be really fucking scared of that. It's just yeah. such a, it's so lazy mm-hmm. because everybody else gets something that's about them as their character not them as a gender it's like why aren't the boys like afraid of erections in public places or something you know if it's like um you know like where is her mother what happened to her mother why isn't she afraid of of that her mother coming back or her mother being Mm. killed or whatever he could have thought up something he's a good storyteller he's good (laughs) at stories so yeah girls are afraid of more than periods yeah (laughs) I mean, I I think it like in the context of this character who is from like small town backwards America, it, it like there is you know a lack of sexual education uh, that is that is sort of associated with that region and you know a, like abstinence education and sort of a general fear about sex and puberty and maturation. But yeah, like and and the other thing about it is you know stripped of context. Blood is just kind of scary anyway. So that is that. that I, I thought that was a visually interesting scene. But yeah, I mean, it looked cool, but it's always the girl that gets 
you know, it's gendered. Yeah, yeah it is. And that's no, you're annoying. absolutely right. It's not part of her character. It's yeah. part of her gender. Yeah, you're absolutely um, right. And having gone back to read the book, I, I yeah, I posted you that that well, mm-hmm. uh, just an excerpt from it. Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult to it's more difficult after reading the book to forgive Stephen <laughs> King for this because <laughs> she is not presented as a great character. The, he get, like when introducing her. Uh, it's 22 words before he talks about her breasts. Uh, I, I should note that she's introduced as an adult character. It's not talking about her. Like, they're, they're about 12 or 13 in the film, aren't they? Um, yeah. It's, it, it's not... In, no, saying that, it famously does go on to have a quite sort of um, weird sexual scene involving the those characters. But, uh, yeah, it he doesn't present her immediately as a good character. She is just the woman okay yeah. yeah yeah so that was a shame because she's um a really great actress i thought mm. i thought she, i thought she was um like a, the real sort of heart of it yep. um in all of her scenes i thought she was great um they were they were all pretty good i think the, yeah the, the children were all good actors there wasn't one who stood out to me as being um you know, weaker than the rest. There is a character who is weaker than the rest, and I, I can't remember what his name is. It's it's the Jewish one. It's uh, his name is um, Stanley. Stanley, I was thinking Stuart. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he doesn't he he doesn't get a lot of screen time during the film. He doesn't. Like, and his thing, I think, is that he is the he's supposed to be like the nervous one, the the one yeah. who doesn't want to like uh, you know go into the house. He doesn't want to confront the clown, mm-hmm. but that character is it characterization is not developed early on in no. the film it is occasionally he will just show up on screen and say i don't want to do this and yeah. that that's it he doesn't get to say anything else yeah. after that either he's just there for everyone else to say oh stanley we've got to do this yeah now. yeah he's like he's literally presented as the jewish kid yeah he kind of is we kind of see him in synagogue sort of mm-hmm. uh like learning his lessons for his bar mitzvah yeah. i'm assuming and he's doing it wrong so his dad's horrible to him yeah. and um yeah so he that is literally all he <laughs> yeah and i'm again i'm sure in the book that's that there's at yeah. least you know but this is just the one scene and it's a brief scene and it's not explored yeah. very well and, no. and like he doesn't get anything else to do to the point that when he does show up in those scenes and say oh, i don't want to do this i don't want to go into the house i don't want to fight the clown you're like i, I was like oh wait who is this guy <laughs> it was just uh, has he been in the thing he i haven't seen him before <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and my other um, I think it's just uh, my other sort of uh, quibble with it mm. was there's lots of scenes of just like screaming kids, like in that sort of Goonies esque kind of way, but yeah. it fits with Goonies because Goonies is a light hearted, you know, sort of adventure comedy. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, that you know, the, the sort of like, no, hit it, hit it, and, you know, everyone shouting and it being mm-hmm. kind of frantic and everything. And there were just a few too many scenes of mm-hmm. that. Um, and I was just like, oh, for goodness sake. And, you know, the sort of end fight was just another one of those. And we'd already mm. had at least two. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just, I felt it just dragged a little bit. Um, I felt like I didn't like it, because I did like it, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was beautifully shot, beautifully, um, 
perform. Yeah. You know, the performances were great. I really liked the characters. And I'll definitely go and see the second one. Yeah. Um, I did jump a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really good scares in it. The, the projector yeah. scene in particular I thought was really great. Oh, that is good. Yeah, yeah. it's a shame that that was in the trailer. Oh, right. Um, I, I, so I'd actually seen that one because it was really creepy. Yeah. If I, if I had seen it, I didn't remember it when I was sitting uh, there. Oh, so that was good. Like, yeah. yeah, it was good because he is a really creepy mm-hmm. clown. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd just tell people to go see it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like. I definitely recommend it. It like people are going to see it. It's done fantastically well, apparently. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. I think the biggest opening for a horror film uh, ever. Oh, that's interesting yeah. yeah cool yeah horror with story which is good yeah yeah I, like what i'll say about it, i i think it's a really sort of cool sort of interesting horror world to spend a couple of hours in i think it has pacing problems mm-hmm. and uh characterization problems but they don't get in the way too much of what no. what, what it essentially is which is you know a, a kids on bikes horror story which yeah i'd absolutely recommend going to going to see it if you have any interest in horror or stephen king at all yeah yeah it's a good Mm -hmm. thumbs up from argue the top uh Uh, so next we're gonna move on to some other bits and bobs yeah uh we'd like to recommend Uh, we've got a game i believe yeah yeah um i've been playing uh heat signature which is the new game by um, uh, the developer who made uh, Gunpoint. Uh, which, okay. which uh, Did you play that? I didn't, no. Oh, fair enough. That, that's a, like, I'm not going to talk about Gunpoint, but that's a great no. game. And it's, it's, okay. It's very, uh, it, it's sort of similar in structure to this, so we're quite different. So so Heat Signature is, it's, it's quite, it's a game uh, that, that was advertised as, it's the game where you go inside... Uh, enemy spaceships and that's absolutely what it is so um what it, it you get this procedurally generated universe and you have procedurally generated characters all all randomly done but uh made to a specific set of rules which result in um structured missions and structured gameplay and kind of the the basic loop of it is you will um take your character you will accept a mission from uh, a board of missions and then you um, f- you have your little pod. You fly out to a spaceship somewhere in the universe. You invade it and you complete a task on it. Mm-hmm. And the gameplay is kind of... Uh, so the task will be like, okay, you have to steal this ship or you have to capture this person or you have to kill this person. And there will be um, conditions on top of that. So some of the... So as you develop... As you get further in the game, more conditions are introduced. So you may have to do it without alerting anyone. You may have to do it without killing anyone. You may have to do it without, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gameplay itself then is, it's kind of a cross between, um, like, have you played Hotline Miami? It, it's sort of this, um, it's mm. top-down shooting. Yeah. But you get to pause at any time. Okay. And... Uh, d- plan your next move and you also nice. you have this inventory full of um uh, gadgets that you can use as well all of which have different effects like there's a transporter there's a well there's d- different kinds of transporters there's um devices that slow down or speed up time obviously you have weapons as well and that's kind of the main loop that you are given this mission you go and complete it and you come back 
and uh, every character is working towards um, their own personal mission as well, which once you've earned enough money, you can unlock this personal mission, which may be, I want to kill the guy who killed my husband or whatever it is. Okay. And um, you can go and do that. So um, so the way oh, I started, cool. yeah, it, like it is really, really interesting because there's so much player freedom and it generates so many situations which are uniquely interesting and give you something unique to do. So my first character I play, I can't remember what the randomly generated name was, but they went out, they did a couple of missions, and uh, I ended up uh, accidentally getting captured by the the equivalent of the space police. What, when that happens, you go back to one of the hub areas, and you can pick a new character from... The, like, they all sit at a bar in the hub area. Um, and one of, the, one of the new characters hit their personal mission was to rescue my previous character. Uh, cool. Yeah, so it it generates situations and it also generates a story as well. Wow. It, yeah, it's that's cool. It's it's really interesting, and I I mm. picked it up thinking, oh, I'll probably you know uh, play this a couple of times. I'll I'll have a little bit of fun with it, and then I spent like three hours just oh right these the, these are really good interesting systems, and they all come together really well to produce just a a very unique game. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. Because I have to say, I I don't really enjoy top-down mm-hmm. games because I feel kind of divorced from what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's such distance there, but that does sound yeah, quite cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's probably um, like one of the one of the weaknesses of the game, and it's not a huge weakness, but the okay. the way it's designed top down the the art style doesn't look particularly sort of immersive mm-hmm. it it looks like a video game mm, but yeah. it's yeah. also got this really cool thing where you can um you can scroll all the way out and you can scroll all the way out from your character to the galaxy and you can scroll which is just a really cool effect to have so you can be looking at this entire galaxy and then you just mm. scroll your mouse way forward and it zooms in zooms in and zooms in and then it's your character who is you know putting on the ship, on the yeah. ship putting a knife in somebody or whatever it is <laughs> yeah it's oh, quite cool and oh, yeah and I, i've just had some some really good missions with it like there was one where i was you know just doing this random mission and accidentally alerted someone uh, which causes the alarms to go off, and if they stop you, they throw you out of the ship. And um, fif- then that starts a time which, if it runs out, you get captured by the police. And what happened was I was uh, thrown out of a window, and this 15-second um, timer started counting down. I thought, okay, I've got no chance of doing this, but I'm going to have a go anyway. So I got back in my pod, I flew my way back to the ship. I paused the game and just looked at this whole ship and how I had to get from one end to the other in 15 seconds. And like I say, I've got all these gadgets, which are like a teleporterist time slower. Mm. And I ended up managing it because just by pausing and making very, you, you know, making good use of your gadgets, you can mm. rescue situations like that. And it yeah, just, okay. it just made me, even though it's, you know, it's, not really a time limit you can pause at any time and, and yeah. stop and think it was still very tense and it felt like you know the the climax of an action awesome. film yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's just oh, that sounds cool yeah. so what's it available it on? is available on steam and i think only steam but i'm not sure okay but yet so it's it's t- pc mac and it's it's pc i think i i it, okay. I think it's made in Game Maker, uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know what platforms it can be um, 
Uh, yeah, and it's ten pounds. Oh. And yeah, if if you like anything about what I've just described, I recommend you give Heat Signature a shot because it's it's yeah. very deep, it's very complex, and it's very interesting. Yeah, so I've got a game as well. It mm. actually came out last year, but I've only just found out about it. Yeah. Basically, uh, I found some art on Twitter from this uh, guy called <clears throat> Ben Nichols. Uh, he's actually an artist at Ubisoft Montreal. Right. And he is working on some pro- mysterious project called Truck Stop. And um, I read... I- retweeted one of his images and you know i said yeah i've got a thing for petrol station art (laughs) which is art you know that features like really municipal things like uh flyovers and uh you know gas stations or petrol stations service stations i remember you mentioning this to me and i thought i having no idea what you were talking about and then looking it up and thinking oh yeah i understand exactly what you mean I was it a Googleable term? Well, you <laughs> like, know, just what's petrol yeah, station art. Yeah, I think you you linked me to an image or something, or you linked it on your Twitter anyway. And I thought, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I understand I exactly his... what you mean. Yeah, so he has all these kind of misty these trucks and lights through the mist in you know at night time and stuff in their truck stops, mm. and it's really beautiful art. Um, and then uh, one of my friends said, "Oh, have you played?" Um, islands non-places mm-hmm. which is a, a little game by carl burton who's most famous as the artist for the uh, serial podcast oh right yeah yeah so he does similar kind of art um uh, it's made in unity and it is a really really beautiful game mm. that um kind of i i thought you said you you might play it before i so, did um, and i meant to yeah and then yeah I, it's sorry, yeah sorry, so then. i thought we could kind of like describe it between us but now it's down to me because you're really good at describing these things so um, yeah, so I thought we could kind of allude to what was going on between mm-hmm. us, but it's basically, um, I would describe it as visually perhaps a bit like uh, Limbo or inside, more like Inside. Mm-hmm. So it's got this kind of, uh, this industrial kind of, uh, you know, the first image you see is a bus stop. Right. And it's um, you. You can just see the sort of outline of the bus stop and the rest of the background. It's like a misty night kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And there's the glow of the light from you know the sort of the panel that usually has an advert in it. Yeah. Um, at a bus stop, and the the light is kind of flickering. So you click that, and that there's like very limited interactivity. You can. Um, rotate the scene horizontally only so you can sort of turn around uh, the bus stop and see the other side of it and things Mm. and then a bus pulls up and then you know the bus is part of the scene and you can rotate rotate the bus and the bus stop as one thing and you know try and see what you need to interact with to get it to do something next Um, so it's a bit like limbo uh, inside meets monument valley right in that in that respect but then it's got this kind of surreal absence of people and it's kind of uh interested in the municipal objects we have in in our world right. and we kind of ignore so things like bus stops atms mm. escalators and um 
it so so you've got the the bus stop scene and then at the end of that scene you, the bus um actually sinks through the floor like right. like then and then the road closes over the top of it so it just has this really surreal so it gives you something really mundane that yeah. you're very familiar with and then does something surreal with it right um yeah and every single one and they're just little vignettes and so then it um to show your progress you get a black screen with grayed out um circle of lights and it just like the next one lights up and that's then it takes you to the next scene mm. so you know how far around the circle you are to right. see your progress um yeah and it's kind of i mean puzzle would is probably a bit strong mm -hmm. for what it is you basically just kind of interact with the scenes yeah. to get them to um like move on to the next bit of the sort of mechanics of this world but it's it uses audio brilliantly so you'll get a scene of kind of uh modular furniture mm. and um sort of plants and there'll be lamps and it's arranged in a square and then it will feed noise on top of it and it's it sort of tells you that perhaps it's in the foyer of a hotel right and things like that yeah so it's kind of builds this picture it's really good at environmental s storytelling considering the images are really quite minimalist right yeah, that's um, and, interesting. Yeah, yeah it is it's really cool and so it's like we'll sort of um build on your expectations so it's like okay so this is the foyer of an office say or something you can tell by the noises there are people talking there are footsteps going by and you know there's a phone ringing and and then um when you click on the lights or whatever you've got to interact with like something weird will happen like all the chairs will start like raising as part of some machine right. and things like that um yeah so and, and so it kind of confounds those expectations whilst setting them up yeah um yeah and yeah it's just really really beautiful and um uh, yeah sort of hypnotic and it's about 45 minutes long mm -hmm. um i think it's 3.99 it in is. pounds yes yeah and in dollars i think it's about 4.99 um but yeah it's stunning and yeah for 45 minutes of your time and a few and a few quid yeah. less than a pint price of a pint i'd say it's well worth it it's yeah. really beautiful cool yeah. i'm gonna i'm de i'm definitely gonna check that out and i was gonna do it last night only i got caught up watching po possibly the worst television show i've made um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i highly recommend it that was i did i actually played it this morning mm -hmm. um also the music is great and it has got um uh, it kind of plays with the sounds that you'd get in modems, which I suppose people um, below a certain age won't even know what yeah. that sounds like <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, there are sort of echoes of orbital or even earlier kind of uh, modern minimalist classical music. Right. Yeah, so some, there's some really nice uh, sound effects and stuff with it. It's cool. Mm. Yeah, um, that, I think I'm going to check that out this afternoon. Yeah, I would. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the next thing, which you'd heard of actually, uh, but I only found out this morning because somebody did a shout out for 
podcasts mm-hmm. and so i recommended them a couple of things including Augie the toss yeah um nice. and somebody else recommended alice isn't dead and i was like "Ooh, that's an interesting sounding podcast title mm. uh so i googled it and it's from the people who did uh welcome to night vale yes um which uh having talked b- before the show yeah. we both had the same kind of feelings about yes it's kind of a twilight zone style uh, sort of radio drama podcast yeah um which presents itself as public service radio yeah. in america yeah it, it's public service radio for like the the spookiest the town where all like horror tropes and america uh, um, specifically kind of americana horror tropes yeah. kind of come together and just live in yeah. this really creepy town uh, yeah, that, the sort of witches on the hills yeah. and, yeah, sort of weird stuff going on and l- weird lights, isn't there? There's always yeah. weird lights in the thing. Lights in the sky, um, aliens show up all the time. It's very X-Files, yeah. it's very Twin Peaks, and then there, there, there are yeah. characters called, like, the faceless old woman who lives in your basement. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's lots I kind of liked about it, but I didn't really get into it. It didn't hook me. Yeah. Um, so, but Alice isn't dead. I, I listened to the first episode this morning and it hooked me immediately. Right. Um, I really like the voice of the character. So the, the premise is, um, it's a lady trucker, um, and she is searching for her, uh, long assumed dead wife, according to the blurb. Right. So she's recording, I think she's recording the these this monologues um and they're directed at alice Mm -hmm. um the eponymous alice and (laughs) and um so yeah it starts out like in a diner um so it is it's got that sort of americana feel that night vale had but it immediately has some sort of story we have a motivation for that character Mm -hmm. um you know and um she meets a mysterious guy who turns out to be some weird creature you know like immediately stuff happens okay so it, it is supernatural it is in the same sort yeah. of yeah. place as Night Vale not, not, yeah. not the same place location wise no yeah. no no yeah it's definitely coming from the same place like, wh- when you described the premise I thought that is the the premise from Silent Hill 2 so <laughs> it, it, it does it have any sort of DNA with that no, no, I wouldn't say enough. so. No. Oh, I just, I just want to sound the Hill Two podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's got that. It reminded me of Jewel, mm. which is my fa- I, favorite um, uh, Steven Spielberg film. I absolutely love that film. The sort of tension of that really simple encounter, you know, on those long rows that you get in America that you just don't get in this country. Yeah. There, there yes, is like yes. nowhere but that you can really feel deserted. Maybe Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean about Norfolk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where you might feel that there is nobody there who yeah. will come and help you. Um, yeah, and it has that feel because she has this strange encounter with this creature who who you know kind of uh takes a bite out of another trucker from the diner and she's like you know i could try and save him but actually i'm just gonna run get in my truck and pull away Mm -hmm. onto the road and yeah so she's kind of using her cb radio i think to right um, yeah to record these 
um, things to her wife. And yeah, it's really intriguing and tense. There's a lot of tension in it. And yeah, it feels like it's nighttime permanently. I don't know if it is. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, I am, I'm sold on it. Right. I'll, I'll yeah. give it a listen myself to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds like we had the, the, like you said, we had the same reaction to Night Vale, so hopefully we'll have the same reaction to this as well. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's got more to hold on to. Yeah, so, which, which so, was the problem that I had with Night Vale, was that I listened to, you know, 10, 11 episodes of it, something like that, and I really liked the setting, I really liked the... I really like the individual bits of writing, but there was yeah. nothing to hold on to there. It just seemed to be a loosely connected sort of set of sketches, which didn't didn't yeah. really come into any cohesive whole. And I hear it does yeah. later, but yeah, like, that's a lot of time to invest to actually get some reward. Yes, in the story, like, if you haven't sort of shown me what your main thing is after ten episodes, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm gonna, right. Yeah, it's it's not really respecting my time. No, exactly. <laughs> Audience, it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there are three chapters up at the moment. I don't know why they... Yeah, so, yeah, or parts. Oh, no, this looks like there's six. There's right. six up at the moment, so um, easy to catch up on. Cool. Alice isn't dead. Excellent. Yeah, and that's our games and films and stuff for yeah, this episode, we, we got I think. All, we got all three in. We did. Yeah. We even got podcasts. Completely so fulfilled I... the brief. <laughs> yes, we did. We've, we're feeling very proud of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let us know what stuff and games and things you've been uh, watching, playing, listening to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's swap some good stuff that's going on. I don't know what other podcasts. There's so many podcasts now that it's it's nice to get recommendations for that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I'm always on the lookout for a good story-based one. Do all yeah. things. Get in touch if you have any thoughts. And uh, you can do that on our Twitter account, which is ArgueTheCast. And um, also on GameIndustry.com, where you'll find links to everywhere we are on the internet. We are exactly. wherever good podcasts are sold. Exactly. Yeah. And ours is free. Ours is free. but It's not so. sold. <laughs> I, I always say that as it's a it's a funny you know it's a, a funny line but th yeah i don't want to i don't want anyone to come away with the impression that we're actually selling this no yeah. no it is free for free for all of humanity to enjoy Where, wherever good podcasts are hosted yes 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 we are there yeah. like the three amigos yes Except there's just two of us. Uh, yeah. Let's just go, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Let's cut this short before, we're, before yeah. we dig ourselves into a deeper hole. Yeah, exactly. So, until next time, Drew. Cheerio.